All right. Here we are, man. We are live. Uh, Two o'clock show on Ward Wrestling Live. Uh, we got another one, Wrestling Nation, and, and this one is going to be really, really amazing. We have one of USA's national recruiters. Uh, he's with NCSA, I believe is the company, correct? Yep. And uh, he is a national recruiter in our country, has over 1,900 athletes um, that he represents, so he, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, but not only that, he's not just a recruiter. He was a pretty damn good wrestler, qualified three times at Northwestern uh, for the NCAAs, and also won a Ohio State championship three times, which is not easy to do. Uh, he's here with us, and uh, he's going to give us some, some good advice on, on what our kids should be doing. He's also going to talk about the national landscape of wrestling, tournaments, delays, whatever. Hey, sir, thank you for coming on, uh, Mr. Periano. I do really appreciate this. And um, man, the floor is yours. Well, call me Drew. Drew, okay. Uh, and it's great to be on. You know, I've watched um, pieces of, of your other interviews. Uh, we're really busy here at NCSA. I would watch them in their entirety, maybe over the weekend. Um, that, that would be great. But um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, there's been some big developments here recently. Uh, you know, uh, Fargo did get canceled, um, which, you know, with, with all the health guidelines, I, I think we kind of knew that was coming. Um, not that we're excited about that, um, but, but we just have to move on. We have to focus on tournaments like Super 32 and preseason nationals and uh, some other major events where you can get noticed by coaches. And, um, you know, the other thing is the recruiting deadlines uh, through the NCAA actually got moved back to July 31st, but there's so many ways to combat that. I mean, college coaches are getting amazing at Zoom room calls like we're doing right now. Um, you know, they're having group coaching sessions, one-on-one -on -one sessions with your parents. Um, you know, they're, they're just getting very, um, you know, crafty with how they're going over recruiting right now. And, and there's a lot of, um, you know, virtual tours and uh, you know, they'll, they'll show you your, the wrestling facility, but, uh, you know, hopefully August 1st, we get back to normal and, um, you know, the, the juniors or the 2021, uh, class can get back on campuses and, and, and do the, the whole recruiting spiel that we're all, you know, that we're all used to. Yeah, that'd be really good. And it, it's been, um, it's been really nice getting to, to meet all these coaches out there and, and all these wrestlers and, uh, not only, I mean, one reason is, I mean, all these kids get to meet maybe their future coach. And, and also there's kids out there right now that are wrestling for these coaches that I've spoke to as well. And, um, and they're able to, to get that kind of aspect of it for, for a kid that is in the same spot they were a couple of years ago, be able to say, Hey man, I, I like this guy, I like recruiting or I like yeah. wrestling for him. So, um, I mean, what's the current landscape right now of recruiting Drew? Well, I mean, uh, we're, we're talking about the dates, how they've kind of been altered a little bit. But I mean, right now, there's 431 college wrestling programs nationwide, um, 79 in Division One. Uh, I think we're looking at 68 in Division Two, 118 Division Three, 74 NAI. Uh, and then it depends how you count it with junior college. There's 42. Uh, junior college programs nationwide, but California has their own division and there's about 25, 26 schools in there. Um, so, I mean, there's a, a huge variety of schools to choose from, right? And, and you don't have to just look at D1s or D2s. I mean, you can look at, uh, 
everything. I mean, we were just talking about Kaiser, you know, they're building their program right now, NAI program down in South Florida. And I truly believe that Kaiser was, uh, at least in part, a catalyst for St. Thomas to start a wrestling program. And I, I think we would both agree, Daniel, that Florida needs wrestling. I mean, they need college programs. Uh, we can hypothesize all day, like we would love to see a program at UCF. Uh, you know, I'm not a guy that's like, oh yeah, Miami's gonna have a program tomorrow. That, that's not gonna happen, right? But I could see a school like UCF who has a strong club team or Tampa, whose club team has evolved significantly recently. Um, you know, I could see those programs down the road, like developing division one programs. Um, in the current landscape with COVID, you know, we're just gonna have to hold off a little bit, you know, when, when we're talking about developing new programs. However, I mean, I, it's been going on. There's been, there's been four or five women's programs added during COVID. Uh, and there's actually been a couple men's programs still added during COVID. So um, wrestling's strong, man. Like we're a strong, we're a strong group. We, we, we band together. And if, uh, if you even dare to try to drop one of our programs, you're going to hear about it. Yeah, that's amazing. And um, man, to hear those numbers, let me, let me make sure I wrote these down right. 431 wrestling programs, 79 in, in one, 68 in D2, 118 in D3, 79 in the NAIA, and then 25 in the Cali JUCO, but, and then another 42 in JUCO nationwide. So, yep. wow, talk about opportunities to wrestle in college and get an education. That's Man, that's unbelievable. Thank you for those numbers, man. That's going to help me a lot when I'm talking to people. Uh, I really appreciate that. So um, what, what does a student athlete need to be doing right now, sir, to, or Drew, to, to make sure that they're on that, on that radar and they can get recruited? Well, I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is just reaching out to the coaches, right? Like they're, they're at home just like you and I are, Daniel. Like they're, they're actually sitting uh in front of their computers um you know some of them are doing great things with like doing technique in their basement like chris here's at princeton's doing that uh, i'm sure colat's doing some technique somewhere right um but uh yeah i mean they're they're here right now and so with the recruiting guidelines like extending to J july 31st um they are going to be able to observe student athletes come back on campus. So that was something new June, June 1st. So existing guys can go back to their teams, go in the weight room. Uh, I don't know about the CDC like stipulations on getting in the wrestling room, but they are starting to loosen some of those, um, those so issues. That's, that's as of June 1st, right? That is, yes. So current student athletes can, can be there and then, but the coaches are still, now, they're going to be limited as to the contact that they have even with their student athletes, which means we're going to be spending more time recruiting. So right now, I mean, get your film together from the season and uh, you have all this time now, you know, most of most of the guys I work with are out of school other than New York, where they got three more weeks. So you guys in Florida should enjoy the fact that you're already almost done. Um, but um, yeah, like getting your video together, like starting your own YouTube channel. Um, you know, there's so many things that you can do to direct coaches your way, get your transcripts from your high school or your report cards so that you have that readily available. When you email a coach, 
uh, attach your transcript to the email. You put it right in front of them, you know, and uh, just give them as much information as you can, because there is that saying, you know, first impressions are important. Uh, and I do, I do truly believe that. Um, and so, yes, maybe we're not training for Fargo right now, but you have to put it in your mind that you're already training for Super 32. You're already training for preseason nationals. Um, you're already training. I know there's a couple states, uh, Ben Askren was saying that Wisconsin is still going to go through with their state freestyle and Greco tournaments in August. So, like, they have something to look forward to, right? Um, and I wouldn't be so surprised if they allow maybe bordering states to join that freestyle tournament and make it more of a regional tournament. Um, so, you know, there's always something to look forward to, right? Um, I put it this way, Daniel, if a coach decides, well, there's all this COVID stuff going on, so I'm just not going to recruit. In two years, their program is not going to be very good. They're going to have a team with juniors and seniors and no stud freshmen and sophomores. So recruiting will not end. Like that is one certainty. Like it cannot end. Yeah. So I wrote down that's, that's so, so whoever's out there listening, parents, kids, I'm here with uh, Drew Periano, one of our uh, national wrestling recruiters here in the country. Uh, he represents over 1,954 athletes right now uh, that are looking at college. So, um, he mentioned just make sure you get your film and video together, have it prepared for your coaches and, and make sure you always have your transcripts on hand, whether it's on your laptop, on your, on your phone docs, uh, wherever they might be so that whenever you come across these coaches or you're communicating with them somehow, uh, you're able to have that video and have that, that transcript ready for them. So um, great information there. Uh, and, and when are, are, is recruiting open right now? Is it live? Can you recruit right now or what's going yeah, so, on? So, so this is, that's a great question. So uh, it's a really exciting time for, for all the guys that guys and girls that just finished uh, sophomore year. Cause as of June 15th, and this has nothing to do with COVID um, division one, division two coaches, all the restrictions will go away on June 15th. So that means they can email you. They can call you, they can text you, they can zoom room with you. Um, if you have a profile with a certain recruiting company, they can look at that, they can respond. So that's for D1, D2. D3 coaches and NAI coaches, they can contact you at any point. So even freshmen and sophomores, they can contact you. Um, the only thing that, that is a little bit of a holdback is, again, uh, until July 31st, no official or unofficial visits on campus. So that July or that June 15th date is going to be really important for those who just finished their sophomore year. And I also think that's a great time to get into recruiting. Like um, when you're talking about some of these, you know, high level D1 guys, um, they, you, they get on you really early. Uh, when we, when I was coaching at Northwestern, we did a, we did a camp at Christian Brothers Academy. Uh, and that was the first time we saw Sebastian Rivera um, and he was, you know, 15 years old, probably 107 pounds soaking wet, um, maybe a little lighter actually. And that was the first time we saw him. And then we did a camp at uh, Legacy High School in Colorado. And we saw Ryan Deacon when he was only a freshman. So like going to camps and, and clinics, uh, those, those are great ways to get noticed by college coaches. And I do know that the camp and clinic scene, um, 
you know, this summer um, got got a little beat up with COVID, but they're they're still out there. I I, I know you talked to Connor Beebe, like he's still having a camp in Tampa. Um, there's a school out in Utah where fingers crossed, we're hoping that they go either D2 or D1. It's called Dixie State. They're still having their wrestling camp. So I have guys I'm talking to from California, Arizona, and they're like, yeah, man, I'm going up to Dixie State. And I'm like, have you ever been there? They're like, no, man, but they have a wrestling camp, so I'm going. Um, so, you know, as wrestlers, you're going to seek out those opportunities. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really hopeful but that by the fall, things are really going to go back to normal. And that's awesome. Um, I wanted to ask you something. We have, um, we have a homegrown kid at your alma mater, and I got to speak to him. Uh, I got to speak to him on here, uh, Mike De Augustino. Um, talk a little bit about him, man. He he was a he was a young freshman this year, but he made some noise, right? And and uh, oh yeah, I mean the upside to Mike. Well, he they just came out with the amateur wrestling news all rookie team. Uh, he was number one at one twenty five, and when you look at those things moving forward, when you look at the all rookie team. Um, actually, Northwestern had two. They had uh, Davidson at 97 as well. Two number ones. Uh, super impressive. And then the other thing I noticed was like an emerging D1 program like Northern Colorado, they had three guys on that team. And they only do the top three freshmen. So that like those are very indicative of where a program's going to go. Um, but I didn't know that much about Mike. And then I started watching him online at Vegas and I'm like, holy cow. And then you watch him at different tournaments and then you watch him in duels and you're like, this guy is an absolute stud. And then he had that, you know, Sebastian Rivera moves to 33. You got one of the best, you know, one, two punches in the country. Uh, and then they have a kid, Chris Cannon from Blair Academy, who's a 25 pounder who was like 19 and two as a red shirt. Like their lightweights right now are, are, pretty darn good I mean and the other thing is uh Northwestern I I take no credit in this they have realized that Florida has amazing wrestling and they keep coming down there yeah you know and I, I that that goes to um one of my questions here I know um first first nationally college wrestling nationally right now the landscape and then we'll get into how much you've seen the Southeast kind of grow with Florida, but uh, what's going on nationally right now? Um, how, how is college wrestling looking? Are, are we through this? Are we through the trouble times where we can fear a program is going to get cut or? Um... Um, I, I feel like what, what happened a little bit recently was the schools that were in financial trouble. Uh, McMurray College comes to mind, Urbana, and those are, those are young wrestling programs. McMurray was actually dropped once. They brought it back. And I think they brought it back because they needed more students. They started a women's team as well. Urbana started a team just last year, but the school was in trouble. Um, you know, programs like that, you know, with the COVID situation, um, those, those are hard things to control, right? Um, uh, but I, I think the wrestling culture uh, and, and how how it's very unique and it's very um, uh, just personal, like people from California know people from Jersey, uh, people from Iowa know people from PA, like that, that's just the way the wrestling world is. I feel like we're, we're pretty strong 
when we get a we get a rumor that a program might be in trouble. I prefer to talk about more positive things. Like I like hearing rumors that Clemson is going to bring D1 wrestling back. I like hearing rumors that maybe. Right. Yeah, I, I I like to hear rumors that like Slippery Rock might bring wrestling back. And I think we all know this, it all comes down to the uh, almighty dollar. So um, the uh, the alumni at those programs probably need to uh, um, post up some money. But um, no, I, I feel good at just in general about the wrestling culture and how we band together, um, you know, when, when we know a program's in trouble. Um, we can't save them all. Um, it comes down to an administrator sometimes. Like sometimes for whatever reason, that administrator doesn't respect the fact that, in my opinion, wrestling is the toughest sport in college by far. Um, and, and maybe he or she, for whatever reason, doesn't totally like it. Uh, and then what you have to do is cultivate that relationship with the AD and make sure that he or she does like it. You bring them to a match and they're like, wow, this was fun. Like this one-on-one -on -one situation is amazing. Um, I mean, it's no secret that the, the AD at North Carolina State, Debbie Yao, she loves wrestling. And so Pat Papalicio gets there. And what were they? Probably 30th, 40th in the country when he got there. And they've been in the top four. I mean, the, the, the athletic directors and the support you get from them is, is huge. Yeah, I had, um, I had Machiavello on. I had Jamel on, Morris. Uh, and those are two, obviously, NC State studs. And, uh, and I guarantee you that she's had personal conversations with them over and over again. Like, we love what you do for the school. Like, you're, you're a great representative of, of North Carolina State. Yeah, you know, my, my son is at the First Academy. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a young program, only like five years old. So it doesn't get probably as much love as the other sports, right? You know, understandably, you know, things are coming along, right? We're growing. But it was really, it was really amazing this year at the state's tournament, at the state tournament, the first day, uh, TFA had their second state placer ever in the last four or five years. I mean, second state qualifier. And then he ended up placing. And um, that first day, the athletic director was there, the, the head of school was there, the assistant head of school was there. And it was kind of their first time there. And um, you could really see them enjoying it. And it was really awesome yeah. to, to have them in the gym, you know, kind of watching it. And I, I think it's really going to make a difference in, in the growth of TFA wrestling. So I was glad that they showed up and they watched it and, um, and they're all good guys, but they do need to step up and help us. Right. Yeah. I mean, financially, obviously, but like when an athletic director, whether it's the head athletic director or the assistant athletic director, your sport uh, director, um, when they go to like the NCAA tournament or they go to big tens or they go to a state uh, tournament, like high school state tournament, they're like, they're blown away by the passion, by the fans, like that, that certain parts of the arena are like exploding because this mat is going into overtime on, you know, mat eight, but then we got an overtime mat uh, or match on mat one. Like they're like, if they've never seen it, they're like, holy cow, this is amazing. I'm like, yeah, it's a little different than, and I love the sport of baseball, but it's a little different than going to a baseball game. Like it's, there's excitement all the time, in my opinion. Yeah, like it's, it's great. Even um, so, 
the first two seasons, seventh and eighth grade, my wife maybe went to, I don't know, one or two. She just couldn't do it, watching her kid get uh, of course. Well, she went all year this year, and it was it was amazing watching how she reacted to things and um, how she wanted to. After a couple tournaments, she was kind of engulfed. She, you could see it starting to happen. You could see her. All of a sudden, she's crying when the other kid gets beat, or or the other kid went. You know, like the emotions start coming, and then and then she was like, "Oh my God, did you see the move on mat number whatever?" And I'm like, "No, I'm watching this one." But she's just watching everything, and it was it was unbelievable. So Connor Beebe, uh, one of the best recruiters I've ever worked with in the country. Connor Beebe, also a great boss and workout partner when I had no one else to beat up on. Yeah, so uh, I actually uh, Connor went through injuries, and yet he's still trained, man. And he made the world team trials. Uh, at least twice and then once before he was even at Northwestern it was hilarious like we had all this office work to do but like we wouldn't we wouldn't miss an opportunity to go down the room uh and I feel like um I knew how he wrestled and so I could give him a good feel um I could act like I was a lot lighter than I was weight wise when I wrestled him um but like no I mean he's just uh technique was awesome um I just felt like if, if I was on the road recruiting, I could tell Connor, like, you know, run the room. Uh, this is his coaching side. And like, everything was exactly what I would have wanted. Right. Uh, and the guys loved him and, and he just, you know, he, when you're an assistant coach, you're a friend, right. Um, for the most part, when you're a head coach, you're the bad guy sometimes, <laughs> you know, and, and those are just roles that you get put in and, and you don't, you don't love them, but, you know, and then now when I'm talking to kids down in Florida, like, especially the Tampa area, um, cause now I have, it's, it's fun. You know, I, I get to talk to kids from all over the country and if they're within a hundred miles of Tampa, I'm like, you know, Connor Beebe, they're like, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we, we went to this or we went to that. And I was like, yeah, he just, he loves promoting wrestling and it's not about him. It's about the kids. 100%. Yeah, I've got to, I've got to say, um, and uh, I, I think he likes me. I, I, I got to meet him and he came on the air. And then uh, he's been on two times since then, I think one or twice. I think he's been on twice, maybe three times. And, um, you know, when I started this show, I didn't know many people, right? I knew just kind of the people that my son wrestles with. So I had, I got to like my third show and I had some people on and then I had Connor Beebe on. And I got to say, without Connor Beebe, I don't know where I'd be at right now with the show because he then was on and then he sent me, Scotty sent this. I knew you were going to say that. And then he sent me uh, the assistant coach at, uh, at Michigan, UC Michigan. And then he sent me, uh, the, uh, there's a guy, Lightning Luke Smith or whatever, out in California. Then he sent me uh, Cutterly. Then he sent me, and, and, and then, and then Sentis from that starts sending me those guys. So that, that like Sentis, Connor Beebe thing yep. for me kind of lit this whole thing on fire because from those guys, I got more guys. And from, from my hard work of texting and messaging people, I got more guys. And then it just kind of went from there. But, but 
Connor Beebe and Scotty Sentis have been just pivotal. Pivotal? Is that well, the word? Oh, yeah. And, and Scotty is a cool story because obviously now he's the head coach at Campbell and uh, he's a Florida guy. And he and Connor were teammates at Central Michigan. Again, they were a one-two punch, you know, both lightweights. So, you know, as good of friends as they are now, they probably had some uh, some brawls in the wrestling room, I'm guessing. But, yeah, I mean, that's how the wrestling world goes, you know. Like, this guy knows this guy, this guy knows that guy. And, um, you know, and and that's just how we make these connections. And and during this time, like, it's it's important to have – uh, these type of sessions because like outside of work, it, it, it's just good to talk about wrestling and keep it fresh. So, yeah. And, I mean, they still, they had a, they had like a wrestling match on my text messaging between the two of them. It's pretty funny. And then <laughs> Senta sends like, he calls out to all his teammates and they all send me videos of like talking about Connor Beebe having small hands and they, they sent me this thing then Connor Beebe sending back stuff about them. And I was like, okay, guys, when are you all coming on together so you can just do this on one, on one film? But that yeah. was awesome. So uh, talk about the Southeast and, and Florida, especially how far uh, have we come and how far uh, can we go? Well, I, I, one of the things was obviously Southeastern was a great, a great addition um, to college wrestling. Uh, Florida needed a college program. Southeastern stepped up. Um, and for anybody that's ever seen their, their uh, facility in person or online, it's absolutely insane. I, I heard the rumor that they hired the, um, they hired the architect that did the Cornell wrestling room. And like, I, is that true, Daniel? Like, that's what I heard. Yeah, um, I... So a friend of mine, his name is Mike Santani. He's now the associate, one of the associate ADs there. Uh, he spent over like 20 years with the Magic. And um, so I finally got to go to a wrestling match this year. And, and the first thing he said to me was, it's identical to the Cornell room. Yeah. So I don't know if that meant that the Cornell guy was involved or not, but uh, uh, that's what he said to me. Now I that's haven't right. been to the Cornell room, but I have been to the, SCU room for a quad and it was it was a pleasure to be there yeah so I went I mean it's a practice and uh, a competition facility but I've been to Cornell Cornell's room quite a few times now and uh, and then I looked online and I was like wow these are like eerily similar so like beautiful facility uh, and, and I think when a program like that gets added then you know, then Kaiser steps up and they start their program in South Florida and then St. Thomas, uh, you know, so now now there's three programs and I think that that will be the catalyst for more. Um, I would also like to see it evolve into a, a women's college wrestling program, right? Um, and the other growth that you've seen is like Georgia, like 15 years ago, uh, like it was, it was kind of a travesty, like Georgia State started wrestling and then they dropped it, like shortly thereafter and I don't know all the reasons but like that was a little upsetting but then these NAI programs and D2 programs like Bruton Parker and and Life and now Reinhardt is like really really good um you're seeing just a lot of growth in, in Georgia and then it, and then it started filtering to South Carolina now there's a school called Lander and Coker uh Limestone's been around for a while but like you're seeing this growth in the southeast 
super exciting for me uh, because as a college coach, who would not want to coach in, in good weather? Yeah, and I, mean, I love the Carolinas, Georgia. All those yeah. places are amazing. I think I'm going to sneeze. Bless you. Ooh, sorry, I felt that coming on. Um, cool. Well, that's all. I mean, amazing, amazing stuff. And thank you so, so there's, much for that. Yeah, there's great growth, um, but but we have a ways to go. You know, um, we really do. And and uh, but when one program adds, it facilitates another program. And um, like I was telling you right before we started the call, uh, college programs should want to come down and wrestle Kaiser and St. Thomas because they're so close in proximity. And, and you're not just going down to South Florida and getting one duel in, um, you know, you're getting two in at least. And like, then they'll probably be able to facilitate like a dual meet tournament or a quad at least, you know, I mean, programs like to go down South to get, get out of that cold weather. So, yeah. So talk a little bit about, um, well, the one thing I wanted to ask you now off of recruiting, uh, you were a three-time uh, NCAA qualifier at Northwestern. You also were a three-time Ohio state champion. So uh, not too bad yourself. What was, uh, what's your most memorable moment on the mat? Um, I was never happy with my own career. So I, I, I actually put that into coaching um, and it wasn't even necessarily uh, it wasn't even necessarily a, uh, a national champ, which we were fortunate enough to have uh, several at, at Northwestern. It was um, and I wasn't even in his corner, but we wrestled a lot during the year, um, kind of like Connor and I did. Uh, we'd wrestle every day when when it was a match day. But Andrew Nader. Um, was a 49 pounder for us and his his senior year in Michigan I think he was either third or fourth in the state the only time he placed in the state tournament uh, then he gets to Northwestern we have to wrestle him up at 57 because we had a good 49 that year and then he ends up going down to 49 um, his sophomore year at the Big Ten tournament he beat Lance Palmer which is insane right he beats Lance Palmer Somehow he doesn't get a wild card or an at-large bid. He finished sixth in the, the Big Ten. Uh, second or third third year in his sec, let's see, third year in the starting lineup. And he loses in the round of 12 at NCAAs. And then his senior year, he's in his round of 12 match and he's wrestling Mario Mason, who Mario Mason was the number one overall recruit in the country um, his, his senior year. And Nader beats him, comes off the mat, and, you know, tears in our, not in his eyes. He's like, I got another match. There was tears in my eyes. And I was like, I was like, Nader, do you know what that kid was ranked, like, in high school? And he's like, well, it doesn't really matter. I was like, well, you know he was number one. He's like, yeah, I know that. He's like, doesn't matter now because it's, you know, five years later. And I was like, yeah. And I go, what do you think you were ranked in the nation? He's like, I don't know, like. 200 some I'm like no you were like 1084 <laughs> he beat him yeah it was just amazing then he wins his next match like finished six in the country like those things uh with coaching and and let me be honest like Matt Storniolo who's now the head coach at Northwestern he did a great job preparing uh Andrew like because they would wrestle multiple times a week 
Uh, he had Jason Walsh as a workout partner. Like there, there's so many moving pieces, right? When something like that happens, but like that was just so like, you know, you have these moments where you're holding tears back and I could go on forever. Like Preeson didn't win a national title, but he finished third um, his senior year. And for him to come back and do that, and, and he beat Robles, uh, who he lost to uh, the year before, earlier in the tournament. Like, you know, those things are things you don't forget. And of course you remember the national champs and all that. And that's, that's what the people see, right? Um, but there's so many other stories. Kevin Nordstrom, Coach Periano is the man. That, uh, he wrestled at VTech. Yep. And he was, uh, he and his brother are two of only five kids that were five time Florida State champs. I love that about Florida um, that you can wrestle more than just your freshman through uh, senior year. Love it. Yeah, I had he, I've had him on. I've had he and his brother on there. They're unbelievable. Uh, Kevin, if you're watching, please share the interview through your platforms. Connor, please share through your platforms. Facebook likes to not allow me to do that. So I don't know why, but. They don't allow you. Um, ever since I started this page, they I'll share and then they'll they'll stop me from sharing and then I'll share. So I don't know if because I got a business page now or something, they're trying to huh. regulate me. I don't know, but I, you know, we were when I was able to share it with the wrestling rooms, we were getting two, three thousand views um, because I was sharing it with like uh, wrestlers only and Wrestler Insider. Those yeah. guys are super nice with the Jim Thrall and, and uh, Richard Jensen. They've been super helpful with me. Um, I got to meet Richard. He was on the he was on the uh, on here with me, and uh, his story is just sick. It's unbelievable. Um, as a recruiter, talk. I want to ask you this question before I get into my ten questions with you. Oh boy, how how sick is it that a kid like Echemendia walks into Fargo and does what he did? Oh. It was so cool. His story is so awesome. Um, and, and what a humble kid, right? Like I watched that on flow. Like you, you can't help but fall in love with that and, and fell in love with the kid. Like he, he went, he went through so much uh, and just the way that he's so humble, like it, it's, it's, it's amazing. And everybody's so excited to, to, you know, watch him do his thing um, next year. And, and um, yeah, th those type those types of stories are, are amazing. And I, it's always been interesting to me. Um, I was never able to do it when I was coaching in college. I was like, why don't we get some more Russians over here, Cubans, like on these college teams, right? Like, I mean, Oklahoma State did it uh, years and years ago at heavyweight. Um, but like, it, yeah, no, I, I think, um, you know, if, if a guy wants to come over here, get a better life, get a better education, they should be allowed to do that. You know, and and I feel strongly about that. That's crazy. And uh, talk about. Um, so I reached out to him on Instagram, and within like thirty seconds, he responded, and he came on yeah. the show. So I had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. We talked about twenty minutes. He, you know, he gave me the brief synopsis of everything, and then he talked a little bit about never wrestling Greco before, and he thought it was crazy. His coach wanted to, wanted him to wrestle Greco, and he turns out to win it. Yeah. And then, uh, he speaks very highly of the, uh, the, there's a Cuban gentleman that coaches somewhere up in Ohio that really helped him out and helped him make his decision. But man, do you think we'll see him on the mat this year or do you think it's going to be another season? Um, I mean, there might be a redshirt season. I like, um, 
I don't know. It, it's going to be exactly what Ohio State thinks is best for him, um, and and what what he wants to do. I mean, he, in his latest interview, and I'll have to watch the one you did with him. But like, um, it's just amazing. Like watching his interview in Fargo, where he already spoke really awesome English, and now like he's just like he's adapting to the culture so quickly. Um, I would guess that Ohio State would want to use him, you know, right yeah, away. Yeah, it seems like a guy that you'd want to use, right? But I know there's always a process to college, I guess. And, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe a little bit of like bottom work or, or what have you, but I mean, some- well, Typically some it's maturity, right? But if you can walk through three countries, through a jungle, spend three months in prison, and then go yeah. win a state championship and double Fargo, I think you've matured. Yeah, I think, I think he'd be all right. <laughs> He could yeah. probably make it on his own. <laughs> I, I, I think he would. I think it would be pretty, pretty darn good. And then you know the other thing in 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 D one more than probably the other levels is like it's just the weight class needs like who slots in where right. Um, and and if he could make forty one, which to me seems like a, a monstrously big forty one, and then Sasso is a you know I heard a big forty nine. Uh, like so I, I don't know. I mean it's. It's going to be up to their coaching staff and and um, see where where it goes. But um, yeah, I mean, I like uh, I like Elijah Cleary too. I, uh, this year he oh, yeah. kind of broke through, and uh, he's a Florida guy. And, and I mean, he, he and his brother Travis are just unbelievable human beings. So. Yeah. So I, it, it's kind of funny. I my dad was a, a college and high school coach, and he coached this guy Gary Buffington, who is the biggest Ohio State wrestling fan ever. And uh, when I was still in Chicago, he's like, hey, I'm in town for business. Let's go out to eat. And um, he was like, oh, I'm all excited about this Elijah Cleary. And I was like, I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, yeah. He's like, have you watched him wrestle? I'm like, no, I will. And then I watched him and I was like, yeah, he's pretty good. And like, I, like Gary just knows, this guy knows more about Ohio State wrestling than probably anybody but their coaching staff. I don't know. <laughs> like he's a huge fan. That's awesome. And that's, I mean, that's your home turf, right? That's where you're from, Ohio. Yeah, and, and it's just like, you don't know everything, right? Like, you, I've heard of him, but I didn't watch him wrestle. And then he's like, check him out. And um, they had some good guys as his weight class, you know, and, and, and they're always getting challenged, right, at, at programs like Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, Minnesota, Oklahoma State. I mean, um, yeah, it's just great for the state. That's awesome. All right, you ready? I guess so. All right, Chicago dog or New York dog? Chicago. With no ketchup. No ketchup. 32 or Fargo? Fargo. Chicago popcorn or movie popcorn? I don't really eat either, so movie. Okay. That caramel and cheese popcorn on the streets? Movie. Okay. Iron Man or The Beast? Iron Man, all the way. Uh, Not because Chicago. I'm from Ohio. Yes. Chicago pizza or New York pizza? New York. I do not like deep dish. See, I kind of found out where you live, both sides of the planet there. All right, so you're up in the Northeast, and you just went to college in... Chicago. So do you go a Chicago beef or in the Northeast, do you go beef on a weck? Uh, still Chicago beef. 
<laughs> Do you go, uh, what's the national duels or the Disney duels? National duels all the way. All right, here we go, here we go. We're doing good here. Ah, New York cheesecake or Buckeyes? Well, I didn't go to Ohio State, so New York, New York. The cheesecake? I didn't know if yeah. you liked the Buckeyes. I guess it's a candy in Ohio. I don't know. It is. Uh, in my hometown, like, we had Buckeye trees, and, like, I always found it interesting, like, on football Saturdays, like, all these people at Ohio State flags out, which is great for their school, right? Uh, but I was always, like, a, a little kid, and I was, like, I'd be, like, going on a run or playing outside football, whatever, soccer, and I'd be, like, why are there all these Ohio State flags? Like, it's it's not possible that my hometown of 17,000 people, like, the whole families went to Ohio State, right? Um, <laughs> and I just wasn't used to that, because, like, even at Northwestern, like, there isn't that, like, huge fan base, you know? It's yeah, definitely yeah. growing, but, like, you would see as many, like, Iowa flags in Evanston and, like, Illinois flags uh, just because that was a very, like, um, a great area to live and all that. Uh, but, yeah, in Ohio, like, you didn't really have a choice. Yeah, I would think the Buckeyes are more loved than the Bengals or the Browns. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> um West Coast wrestling or East Coast wrestling? Oh, that that is super hard. So, all right, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. These are my top five wrestling states in order, okay? Uh, Pennsylvania, Jersey, California, Ohio, Illinois. Okay. So, so where has... Where has, how close has Florida come to that, in your opinion? Um, I think when I look at it, I think some other really strong wrestling states are Missouri. Um, Oklahoma has been strong. I see a big uh, influx recently in Florida and Georgia. Um, I actually wish Georgia didn't have, do they have six different state champs per weight? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a lot. Uh, I think Florida and Georgia uh, have picked up a lot of momentum. And then you see other states that have kind of plateaued a little bit. Um, New York still produces great guys, but they've plateaued a little bit. And years and years ago, New York was like, in my opinion, a top five wrestling state. Um, yeah, I think Florida and Georgia are on the, the come up for sure. Um, have they broke the top 10 yet? Um, I would say they're right on the, I would say Georgia, you're, you're going to get mad at me for this. I'm going to say Georgia's about nine or 10. And I would say Florida's like 11 or 12 right now. Awesome. That's awesome. And um, before I have one more question here, but before I ask you that, I want to ask you, how far has the knockout come as a national power? In what regard? as a tournament that is attracting great wrestling from around the nation and attracting great college recruiters? I think it has. And, and um, I have a, a, a story and, and I go off on these tangents. Um, is it the prep slam in, in uh, Georgia? Uh, I, I'm learning. Okay. So there's this tournament in Georgia 
and they actually get some Florida teams. They get South Carolina, they get Tennessee, they get North Carolina. Uh, and I was working with this, this guy and he won a state title his junior year in, in Georgia. Um, and uh, he won the prep slam. Okay. And it has nothing to do with prep schools. It's just the name of the tournament. And we were already working with like Army, Navy, Campbell, Davidson, super smart ki kid, um, some other schools like in Georgia. Um, and he wins this event. And I call him like two days later and I go, I was like, uh, hey, Joe, do you have new friends? And he's like, Drew, what are you talking about? I have the same friends I've had since I've been in ninth grade. I'm like, no, 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 new friends, college coaches. And he goes, oh yeah, like Army, Navy, He's like Air Force, uh, Maryland, Davidson, um, Campbell, like they all reached out to me. So like, yes, anytime there's an event like that, that continues to grow, college coaches take note of that. That's awesome. Yeah, it seems like it's, a, at least everybody said it's a big tournament and I got to go to the finals this year. It was pretty awesome. All right, so up in the Northeast there, uh, Niagara Falls, Canada side or USA side? Oh man, you're gonna get me in trouble. I prefer the Canada side, but so do I. That's me. <laughs> um, there's things you can do on the Canadian side you can't do on the USA side, so I like it over there. Yeah, I was I was up there with uh with a couple wrestling buddies once, and uh, this was years and years ago, but we just uh, we had a great time for sure. <laughs> do, do you want to elaborate while we're recording? No. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it was interesting. It was a, uh, it was a, um, uh, a very mild, um, bachelor party because the bachelorette party was in the same, uh, hotel. So like, um, we ended up going to this little restaurant slash bar and, and great like music and the weather was awesome. Like we had a great time and, uh, Canadians are just really nice people in general. Like, yeah, overly I, nice. I really had a good time. I went up to Toronto too once for a couple of days, and uh, those two places were amazing. Hey, um, yeah, we, we, we actually went to um, Jason Welsh and Connor Beebe, uh, both both when they were post grads, so they were training with the Chicago Regional Training Center. We went up to Guelph uh, for the Canadian Cup, and um, that was where Welsh wrestled. Um, Haslan Garcia, who's from Cuba, but was a two-time Olympian for um, for Canada. Um, and then uh, Connor actually won the tournament, beat a pretty good German in the finals. Uh, but like we went up there and it was just, it was great. It was a great experience. Like people were just super nice. Um, yeah, it was, it was fun to go up there. Hey, so before I let you go, um, any questions I should ask uh, Ken Sherto next? Yes. Ask him if he remembers whipping me around. Uh, we were in um, maybe Parkersburg, West Virginia. And ask him if he remembers like throwing me in a fireman's carry and just beat, beating the, the tar out of me. Because <laughs> I was probably like, I was probably like sixth or seventh grade. I knew who he was and I was probably like, oh, you know, um, you know, he'll just play around with me or whatever. But he showed me that um, 
He showed me very quickly that he was an Olympian. Put it that way. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure. And um, please like and follow my page, Ward Wrestling Live. I'm well, trying to build it up. I'm, I only started it about two weeks ago, and I've added all the shows that I've had so far to it. Um, <clears throat> I'm almost at 700 follows. I'm at 692. Um, please share the interview with all your friends and your platform. I'm also on YouTube. Um, I'm, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm learning every day. I just do this and then I put it there and I'm figuring it out. So I finally ordered a green screen. So next week, maybe I'll be able to put like a sign up behind me. Um, but it's kind of where I'm at. I, I think you're doing, I think you're doing a great job and you have some nice looking floors there, by the way. Oh yeah. Well, our, our, um, our house flooded a year ago and we were out of the house for like five months and, um, I don't know if it was a, if it was a blessing or not, but those the flows well, that came came they with look, it. They look pretty nice. So yeah, my I, I, uh, I appreciate the time, Daniel, and I'd be happy to. Um, we'll we'll definitely be uh, we'll be friends throughout this uh, process, and and uh, probably give you a few more names of many more exciting people than me to talk to. Yeah, please do it. Anyway, uh, when you go on to. Um, when you go on to share the page, my, uh, my cell phone number is right there. So just, you could welcome to grab it. It's 414-1137, area code 407. So um, I know nobody out there is listening, but 407-414-1137. So feel free to text me anytime, call me anytime when you're in town, let's have a beer. I, I, I like myself some Florida, that's for sure. All right, man, you take it easy. All right, later.